Thank you for tuning in to the Elevate Podcast. Whether you've tuned in to elevate your mindset, your game, or just your day, you have found the right place. We are grateful that you have tuned in. If you are a return listener, we would love if you gave us a rating and a review. If there's something that sparked your interest or impacted you on previous episodes, we'd love to hear about it as well. Today, I have another amazing guest for you. In 2016, she competed in the Paralympic Games in Rio. In 2019, she won gold in the Parapan American Games, where she also scored herself the world record in the discus throw in her division. She will also be training and competing for the upcoming Tokyo Games in 2021. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, Jessica Himes. Jessica, how are you? I'm doing very well. So the first thing I want to know is, how do you celebrate a world record? Um, Short answer with ice cream. (laughs) Long answer with a lot of practice and a lot of video review with my coaches. (laughs) Nice, nice. What was that feeling when you you knew you had kind of achieved something that no one else had? It was really exciting. It took me sort of a moment to look back at the screen and think, okay, are you sure they measured that correctly? <laughs> you know, you sure you got where I landed? But yeah, it's just, it's really exciting. It takes a moment to really um, let that sink in a bit and let yourself mentally celebrate that before, <laughs> you know, before you leave the competition. <laughs> For sure. Uh, what is it about track and field that, uh, you fell in love with or kept you so inspired to to keep pushing? Yeah, I think for me, it was the fact that it's such an individual sport. You know, I, before I got into track and field, I tried all the typical ones that most athletes do when they're young. And I loved the team atmosphere, most of them, but there was something about the whole individuality, the fact that you can't blame a bad meet on someone else. You can't say, oh, this athlete didn't show up and, you know, they're why we didn't score any points or something. You, you know, you can only reflect that upon yourself. And I think that was so, so good for me mentally and physically to have. I couldn't blame myself for, (laughs) or I couldn't pass the blame from myself to someone else. It was, you know, solely on me. And I had to learn how to carry myself and really put myself in the position of managing my competition. And I, yeah, I just love that. Or something really invigorating about that. And <laughs> doing a little uh, prep, uh, there's a former interview of yours I read. I think you said something about also the what you enjoy, that instant feedback you get. Oh, yes, yes, that. Oh man, I love that so much. To, I, can you talk I, about like maybe the good and the bad and how how you sort that out post race? Yeah, competition. So, yeah, something that's really nice about that is. Like I said, so instant, you know right away, this is how fast I went, this is how far I threw, you know immediately. I mean, I get frustrated when I watch like football and basketball or like gymnastics and things where it's not as specific to your individual. You don't have a game and you know immediately how exactly you did. But with track, it's strict by numbers. It's, you can't argue with the clock, you know, it's very specific. And so that's really good. And the fact that you know exactly where you stand and you can measure that, you know, you can quantify your, um, your progress on the flip side. 
because the feedback is so immediate. If you're in a competition like throwing where you have six throws, you immediately get your feedback as soon as you throw. So it's really easy to get down when you have one bad throw right off the bat and you can get in your head and psych yourself out and think, great, this competition, I'm only going to get up right. to this far, you know, or on the flip side, you have a one like pretty decent one. And then you psych yourself out thinking, oh, I got this in the bag. I don't need to concentrate anymore. And then you lose your, you know, your focus, your momentum. So it's, it's a balance, but sure. I definitely prefer having that instant feedback. You said, uh, you said, you know, the, the thing we've all felt as athletes that psych out. Um, is there any tool or something that you use to try to avoid getting into that psyching myself out territory? Yeah, a lot of that has just come from practice and experience. I'm grateful that I've been able to have enough competitions at these levels that I can, you know, look back and point, okay, that's the moment where I kind of lost my focus. Um, so I've done a lot of um, visual work with my coaches and my teammates. That's something that has astronomically helped me being yeah. able to sort of escape the immediate physical surroundings of the other athletes and the scoreboard. I can kind of step away, close my eyes and just visualize what my perfect throw would be. That's really helped keep me in that balance, keep me mentally excited enough to visualize that throw, but also keep me grounded enough to not focus on like what would happen after, not focus on the cheering, on the excitement that comes after the throw, but rather just in the exact moment of the competition. Right. With uh, Tokyo on the horizon, right? Um, mm -hmm. You've had got to travel the world, um, world record we mentioned before. What for you personally is one of the greatest highlights of, of your life or your career? Yeah, for me, that would definitely be the Rio 2016 games. That, I mean, just making that team was like the biggest feat. <laughs> and I, that's something that was honestly somewhat unexpected to me, which sounds kind of ridiculous because like you try out for the team with the hopes of making it, but still just actually being on the, that team was phenomenal. Um, and then the entire games, like that whole two week period of my life was like <laughs> dreamscape. <laughs> sure. That was insane. Yeah. So um, my favorite moment from that game, though, it wasn't even, it had nothing to do with my actual competition. It was the first moment that I saw my family when I was down there. It's for the most part, you're separated, you know, from everyone else yeah. that is the team. But one day at practice, I was able to sneak into the stadium and meet that for a moment. And, oh, it just seemed, cool. um, yeah, it's like a mixture of home and competition. And that was, that was phenomenal. <laughs> On the other side of the highlight, uh, kind of hardship. What, what for you has been one of the more challenging things or, or pieces of adversity that you felt you've conquered? Yeah, one thing that with my coaches and I, we both dealt with is adapting my training and workouts to me as an athlete. You know, as a disabled athlete, you have things that you have to learn on the fly and you have to adapt. And none of my coaches that I've ever worked with in high school or college or post have ever dealt with this before. So it was definitely it's a learning curve every time I moved to a new coach to figure out how to adapt that to myself. And, you know, that's 
it's not something that comes with a guide. <laughs> There's no, no. But my coaches have been phenomenal with, you know, sitting me down, just understanding here's my limit so far. Here's my comfort. And they've been open saying, I don't know how to do this. I've never done this before, but you know, I'm willing to take risks and fail and succeed with you. And that's, yeah. that's been instrumental. <laughs> I think I was mostly a football kid, but uh, ran track in high school and Drake relays is like one of the coolest things back in the day and, and all that. Um, while you talked about earlier too, the uniqueness of track and field and that, that individualization, I think when I speak and hear you, there's still an amazing amount of collaboration with, with the coaches. And, and sometimes the ratio of coaches goes up when you're the individual athlete and you're working on, um, you know, discus running, uh, training, all these different things. Um, is there someone, a coach that's either inspired you or, or something that just kind of stuck out a little more along the way that you hold dear? Yeah, there are two coaches, actually. Um, both of them I worked in high school. Um, Brad Weimer, a throwing coach in Solon, Iowa, and Bill Calloway, a track coach, a sprint coach um, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. They both, I mean, very, they were both insanely great coaches. Um, people who were, had talent far beyond <laughs> what people give them credit for. And they, they were so instrumental in helping me make that transition from high school athlete to an athlete that competes with pros, you know, and competes in Rio as a senior, you know, that's, that's a very difficult transition to make as an athlete, especially when you don't have as much experience as your competitors. Um, and they were both, they both managed that so well. <laughs> um, yeah, as people, they're just insanely amazing. And as coaches, I give them even more props. I, yeah, I cannot give them enough thanks for, I mean, they went out of their way to help me and I didn't go to any of their schools. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it didn't gain anything inherently from working with me, but they had such a love of the sport and that translated straight into my life. That's awesome. Um, beyond the track, what do you aspire to do? You're going to make a difference in the world. What, what are you going to do? Yeah, my, so my first avenue of that would be in my career. Eventually we'll see where that leads me, but um, I am currently getting a degree in biology and I'm come from a family that's very passionate about medicine and sciences. And if there's anything this past year has taught us is that the sciences are so important and I have yeah. such a passion for medicine and healthcare. So I don't know where that will have a place in my life. I don't know where I will be in regards to that, but I know that's something that I really want to pursue and help make a difference in the world with. I, yeah, I have so much respect for everyone who's dealing with that right now and my family included. So sure. uh, I really hope to find my, find my own space in that world. Cool. Well, my, my wife is a nurse, so she will be proud to hear those aspirations. Um, asked you about your coach. Uh, one of the things too, uh, in reading another article, I think it was in Qatar, maybe, uh, what was, was that one of the first big, big stages that you were thrusted into? Yeah, that was yeah, 2015. That was my first Paralympic world event. Okay. Um, I had done a few international ones before, but they were for juniors. So that one really threw me in with the wolves. <laughs> Wait, uh, 
can you talk a little bit about maybe, you know, what was, what was it that you learned going from maybe the international junior scene to international Paralympic, international, those level events, the Olympics? Um, what was the transition or the biggest thing you learned about yourself and in, in kind of as you stepped into those arenas? Yeah, um, I think one thing that was really drilled into me was, you know, once you get to that level and when you want to get to the level, you can't compete sort of quote unquote for someone else. Um, I mean, a lot of people get into a sport just like in high school. Oh, my parents wanted me to do this. You know, my friends are in this and there's nothing wrong with that. Plenty of people have done that. I've done that myself. But once you get to a certain level, you can't do it as a favor to someone else. You have to do it because it's your passion. It's something that genuinely sparks a fire inside of you. Um, and some people get to that level and realize that they don't have that passion and that's fine, but you ha really have to question yourself with that and be brutally honest and say, is this something that I genuinely am doing because I want to, because I find fulfillment in this, or am I doing it because I don't want people to see me as a failure if I don't go into it because someone thinks that I should, you know, that's, it's scary to be brutally honest about that, but I had to do that, um, <laughs> questionably young age, <laughs> I was able to be honest with myself and sort of see the pros and cons of continuing that and really question myself and whether or not I was mentally and physically prepared to transition into that. And thankfully I was, and I'm grateful that I had that moment of, you know, clarity to really see if that was something that I had a passion in. Yeah. I like how you said honest with yourself. You questioned I heard recently it, someone else say, you know, it's the questions that we ask and answer ourselves, which is really our thinking. Mm -hmm. And it's really that own internal dialogue of how can we ask the right questions? And I think that's such a big thing with athletes too, because it's not always pretty. It's not always fun. Um, and, and sometimes our own mirrors, the dark, darkest truth sometimes. Yeah. Um, but you know, when we can accept that, we can adjust and, and kind of go where we need to go from there. But if we don't have that clarity, you know, it, it's going to be hard to be that, that level of performance that we're after. Yeah. Um, so kudos for doing that work. Um, one question I know um, you're also probably one of the younger, amazing guests we've had on this podcast. So the time travel won't be as short or as long, <laughs> but if you had to go back to, 16 year old Jessica and visit yourself. Um, what one truth that you've learned so far as an athlete would you want to remind yourself of? I would remind myself that I'm here because of everyone who lifted me up to be here. Now it's very, it's very easy to get inside a large arena and think I got myself here. You know, I'm the one who did all of this when really people were giving you pieces of the puzzle along the way, granted you had to put them together, but there were people that work behind the scenes that don't get the credit, you know, on the podium that you do. And it's so important to look back and thank them and remind yourself that you are here because other people helped you. You know, it's not just you that brought you here. It takes a village to <laughs> raise a person, you know, and sometimes you're the village and sometimes you're the person. 
So I'm extremely grateful now for everyone who's helped me and I would definitely tell myself to be more grateful for that and to let the people know that I'm grateful.